he always wanted to have some kind of impact in the gaming industry, and that's going to be his biggest impact. Not Fez, but his ranting. everybody to the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level three, the evil within Smash Brothers. Uh, we're a little bit late this week. Uh, had some personal stuff going on. I've been sick, um, but we're here. We're ready to go through. And thank God we waited this extra day because a whole hell of a lot of stuff just came out tonight. Uh, I am Shane O'Hare. And with me, I have uh, my, uh, this is Josh Jackson. Uh, uh, we got josh jackson and Uh, the illustrious juan carlos juan carlos awesome and the big thing that came out today that we are pretty stoked about and you know it was a sign that that we had to delay recording a day the nintendo direct just absolutely gave us a smash brothers bukkake (laughs) of all this amazing stuff um i wasn't able to watch it i've been sick um, but you won, you watched it. You said you watched it with your students today. I did. Yeah. I, you know, I had my video game club after school. We were playing some smash brothers and they knew fully well that the Nintendo direct, I was getting like, like, uh, director's cues, like Marquez, we're five minutes away. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> I got you five minutes. We're going live. And they all watched it on the big screen and my projector in the room. And uh, holy crap, uh, 30 minutes of nonstop announcement announcement. We'd sat through 50 and we were keeping track. And then, you know, when the four player, five player, then it went to eight player smash. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, there were rumors about it, but to actually see eight characters going at, you know, these, you know, updated, ramped up stages, battlefields. Uh, what I forget what else. Like, I think, uh, arena ferox from fire emblem was beefed up to handle eight players i mean josh you saw it too right or you saw some of the stages yeah i saw part of it and it's just crazy because you know the eight player thing aside from all the other features i feel like eight players is really going to change what people think of smash brothers and that just expands it by so much like you could do so much with that many people playing all at once and just imagining just everything that you can Imagine with Smash Brothers and all the craziness that it already has with the items, Smash Balls and everything, add four extra players on top of the four that are already in it. And then if it does end up being online, especially, it's just going to be insane. It's just why why wouldn't you own a Wii U at this point? Uh, exactly. I, I had one kid ask me, like he said, you know, the Wii U now has some good games. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Pikmin 3, <laughs> Wonderful 101, you know, Super Mario Brother 3D World. Mario Kart yep. 8, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Finally, get right? Bayonetta 1 and 2. And, and But these are, of course, hardcore gamers because they play Call of Duty. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, you are, you're take. a hardcore Call of Duty fan, not gamer. Call of Duty. Because if I take my buddy Shane here, my buddy Joshua, and we line up the games we played in the last three months, we'll far outnumber anything you played in the last three years. Oh, man. Preach oh, it, brother. Wow, those are fighting words there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, we need. I need to meet some of your students because they sound like cocky little pricks. Oh, they are. They're ninth graders. Of course, they are. <laughs> oh, I remember being oh. in ninth grade. I was. I was a doll. Oh, but of course. Uh, even though we had fifty, it wasn't just fifty announcements. It was like fifty plus. And then we come to the end, where you know Nintendo and Sakurai, they throw in a little, you know, surprise here and there. But but oh, wait, there's more. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. But wait, there's more. It's like an infomercial. They're like selling you and all this stuff and i'm ready committed yeah i'm gonna buy it but like no 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 wait not yet there's more I'm like god damn it what else they and then we announce bowser what is jr it? go ahead <laughs> <laughs> bowser jr the stuff we already knew so i'm like all right by the way even though we knew bowser jr was in it holy shit that trailer was fucking awesome like the this the to date i think next to the uh greninja reveal this is perhaps my favorite trailer of smash brothers they've done this year um, but holy crap, the Mewtwo model comes up and everyone in my classroom lost their shit. It's like, uh, <laughs> fucking Ariana Grande, Taylor Lautner, Taylor Swift, uh, whatever pseudo effeminate boy band is popular right now, all showed up <laughs> in my room and high fived everybody. The kids were going absolutely ape shit and myself included. I was like, my hands were on my head. I, I couldn't believe it. And then to find out it's DLC 
And you know, as much as I do, that Mewtwo will not be the first nor the last. Well, he'll be the first, but not the last DLC character coming to Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I was pretty stoked when I saw that. And um, the requirements are that you <clears throat> own both the 3DS and the Wii U version to, to snag him. Is that true? Yeah. Um, uh, yes. I, yeah, I have to have both versions of the game and you'll get it for free. But that doesn't mean that you won't be able to purchase him as a standalone, you know, uh, item down the road. Mm. You want to yeah, say they haven't given too many details on that for sure, but we're li- more than likely you get it for free if you own both versions, and if you don't, you can just purchase them separately. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this this whole announcement was... I mean, I woke up from being sick and like read it and was just like, A-player smash? Goddamn, that's that's going to be absolutely pure and utter chaos. And I would, I'm, I'm really stoked to see what the professional gaming league is going to do like um because this is going to be at evo uh, as soon as this, this is out this is going to be a headliner at evo i imagine and oh yeah eight player battles is going to be absolutely absolutely fucking insane it's like the royal rumble it's just going to be absurd <laughs> oh my god if they had a mode where every two minutes a new character comes in and you have no idea who it's going to be from your friends in the in the house oh, dude, oh that would be that'd crazy. be very blessed and then we could have JR commentate or just anybody with their best JR. Just get all the sound bits. Get a soundboard of JR and just have that play. RKO like, out of nowhere. God By damn God. It. By don't God. Green Ninja's got a family. <laughs> He's got a family. <laughs> don't yeah, do I mean, this, this whole uh, announcement has been pretty cool. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, – I think it was on our first episode. Uh, one of you guys read a quote from somebody that said, "Hey, if you guys want to play this character, then go pick up Melee. If you want to go play this character, go pick that up was Brawl." Me. That was you. And then now Mewtwo's out. Do you think uh, he had to have known who was that? Was that Sakurai that said that, or was it just another developer? Um, I think that was just from the brilliant mind of uh, Mr. Marquez here. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I said that because I was. Like, oh, you said that. Yeah, because it's like, oh, if you love Mewtwo and Roy so much, I mean, those games are still there. I mean, personally, oh, like, I would have loved to see Mewtwo there, but I wasn't going to be like super upset about it. But I'm don't get me wrong, I'm really thrilled that he's back. Um, but you know, I still feel the same way. Like, if you really wanted those characters, they were always there, and they never left you. Yeah, I guess you know, um, in my sick head, I confused you with uh, Sakurai or a Japanese developer. We're, so. we're both very oh. savvy Japanese men. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything from this announcement that you guys aren't hype about? Uh, I mean, I, I was already sold on the game. I think it's you know, there's nothing on here that came out that seemed eh to me. The Ridley appearance seems a little bit contrived and arbitrary. Um, but like we were talking before that there was a character in. Um, uh, one. What what was a character in one of the levels that will fight oh, for you in the 3DS version? Yeah, the um in the mother stage, there's a character called the Flying Man who acts exactly the same way. He's like wandering around the stage, attacking random people. But if someone hits him enough times, he'll start fighting on their side. So Ridley's supposed to be exactly the same, essentially. Except if Ridley gets enough hits or something like that, then he could he'll eventually transform into Meta Ridley. So mm. that's the other thing about him. Do you think we'll ever see Ridley become a playable character at this point? <sighs> um, if from what it looks, it looks like he has his own move set. Um, he's at, he's bigger than all the other characters, so maybe in a special mode, yeah, I, I could right. see him being a selectable character. Like if you have a cousin who does not play Smash Brothers well, but if you want to give him like a handicap, just have him be Ridley. It's a giant <laughs> fucking flying dragon. Yeah, I, I think he'll be good with that. Yeah, I would always imagine just the idea of, like, back with Marvel vs. Capcom, how you could put in a code to play as Apocalypse or Onslaught. I mean, I always oh, figured yeah. maybe somewhere down the line, maybe not with this Smash Brothers, but the next one, where you could maybe play as bosses and they'll be worth, like, twice as many points if you kill them or something like that. You know what? I like hmm. that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get Nintendo on the phone and send him that idea. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah, send it, send it to Reggie. I'm sure he'll love it. <laughs> So um yeah just just more hype uh, uh Smash Bros coming out on the 21st of November. So I'm I'm sold. I'm going to go out and get my Wii U. I'm going to get my uh GameCube controllers and we're just going to, you know, the O'Hare house is going to blow up with Smash Brothers. So yeah, yeah, and don't forget to pre-order that bundle with the GameCube controller mm-hmm. and the adapter cuz I hear that they're already starting to pull the pre-orders. 
Really? Yeah. Amazon's been sold out of those. Uh, my, I'm sure GameStop is going to start pulling the plug on those soon, too. So your best bet is to go to your local mom and pop video game store. See if you can get it through them. See, I, I wish I wish we had a local mom and pop game store up here in Alaska. Um, the only thing we had for years, for years, was either Walmart or Fred Meyers, which is like a Kroger um, grocery store. And we had a GameStop open up and it was like the second coming of Christ. Like it. Yeah, GameStop is shitty, but they're the only games dedicated game store for about 50 miles up here. Um, so, yeah, I cool. and I got I got a lot of good friends that work there. So I always go in and pre-order with them. But I wish we had a mom and pops game store up here. But all the ones have just shut down. It's been terrible. Yeah, you take what the you name can of get. the game. What was that? I just said, yeah, you take what you can get. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, live with the evil beast. That is GameStop. So, um, unless you guys have got anything else, you want to move on to Capcom and their very interesting uh, investor relations statement from last week? Uh, just one thing. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a Wii U yet, get it now. Because once Smash Brothers Wii U is out, if you thought the Wii U was hard to find during Christmas when it first initially launched, I think this is going to be the first time since that launch. And maybe even last year, where finding a Wii U is going to be hard to get. I mean, it's a good point. It's it's going to be a hard thing. I'm really surprised they don't have a Smash Brothers bundle announced. But you know, at this point, I don't think they even need to do that. They really yeah, don't. Yeah, the only bundle they have is the controller adapter and the and the controller, which is like 100 bucks. Yeah, but uh, plus the game. So for what 3.99, you get a Wii U, Smash Brothers, the adapter, a controller, and if you could still find the, you know, there's some places online you can still get the Smash Brothers. I mean, the Smash Brothers. The Super Mario 3D Land uh, Nintendo Land bundle for two ninety nine. There's mm. there's some still places you could get that. So I, this week and next week would be the ideal time to get uh, a Wii U before November for sure. Right on. All right. Well, you heard it. You heard it, folks. You now have an objective. You don't have a Wii U. You got to get it mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks because I mean I remember the first couple of Christmases with the Wii and you know the only way the only reason I got one is because I skipped school, went out and pre ordered it. Uh, the day that pre-orders were in and I still had to wait in line for pre-orders for Christ's sake. So this is going to be, it's going to be a very interesting holiday season. Lots of online sessions with, with the Geekscape crew. That's for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, We we got to put our, we're going to put our, uh, our Nintendo numbers up there and you guys can play with us and, you know, get beat by us. (laughs) Only way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, moving on, uh, Capcom just put out their, uh, investor relations, um, uh, I guess packets uh, where they go through all the money they've made, all the money they've spent and pretty much their annual report. How for, much did Mega uh, Man make? Um, I, Mega you know Man what? Legends three. I made it like $2 yeah. million, right? Right. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, okay, it was cool. their number one selling franchise. Oh, yeah, la- last I heard, <laughs> last I heard the 3ds didn't have the install base for Mega Man Legends three to be successful. So did they, <laughs> does that change at all? Have you heard about 3ds selling anything lately? Is the Power um, Stone sequel coming out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think um, the the 3ds are canceling that. It's just it's terrible. It's dead hardware. It's like the Saturn. Oh, yeah. But um, it, they they had a very interesting statement that came out that said, uh, for a game to warrant a sequel, it has to sell at least two million copies. Um, and I found that to be pretty pretty an interesting statement, especially from Capcom, that um, they that there's this arbitrary number that needs to be reached because most of the time, especially with Capcom games, the sequels sell more than the originals. Their number one most selling game with like six point something million units is Resident Evil 5. And then their next best selling game is um, uh, Street Fighter 2. So obviously their sequels are selling way better than the originals. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Is is that number going to be like the nail in the coffin for some games that you think deserve a sequel that need to, you know, have their little minute problems fixed out? Well, I mean, I guess we'll never see another Power Stone in that case. But uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It just feels like they're kind of cornering themselves a little bit because realistically, like two million units for certain games, a lot of Capcom's properties are just really niche and they're just not going to hit that. I mean, you have your Resident Evils, you have your... Um, Street Fighters and everything like that, but I mean, even games that a lot of gamers felt were popular, like for example, like the more recent Mega Man games. I mean, those with Battle Network, for example, those went from selling a lot of copies and then they milked it into the ground. But it's not the properties. It's not that the property is not successful, but I feel like they they just kind of use 
their audience as the scapegoat saying that they don't want it when oftentimes the reasons why their games don't sell as much is because of either oversaturation or just changing the games too much. Hmm. Yeah, that's I I don't know. I the one that that came up that I thought was the most interesting was that Dragon's Dogma, the game itself, um, it got mixed reviews. It kind of like came and went. Uh, I mean, it was pretty interesting looking. Did any of you guys get a chance to play it? Um, not, not yet, me. no. I bought it on a flash sale on PS3 a few weeks ago, but haven't downloaded it. Oh, okay. Well, that's your homework is to give it a give it a play and come back to us next week. But the the game, it had mixed reviews, but a lot of people said that the people that played it really, really liked it and said that, you know, those small problems needed to get fixed in a sequel. But the game only sold like 1.8, 1.9 million copies. But as a franchise, it sold like 2.3 or 2.4 million copies and or units, units, air quote units. And you were saying that that's probably that there was an expansion or something that came out afterwards that you think um, led to that inflated number. Yeah, it had a expansion called Dark Arisen, I think, that was sold both digitally and physically bundled with the original game. So I'm thinking that's probably where that extra that extra 400,000 or so comes in. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to add something to that too. Talk about inflating numbers. I'm looking at Dead Rising 2. You know how many games came out uh, throughout all platforms with the name Dead Rising 2 attached to it? You want to take a guess? How many? Um, five, six. I would say, I was going to say five. Uh, the winner would go to Josh without going over. It is eight different versions of the game. For, wow. It's Dead Rising 2 for Xbox 360, PS3, then Dead Rising 2 off the record for PS3 and Xbox 360. Dead Rising 2 and off the record for PC, so that's six. And then you get Dead Rising 2 Case Zero and Dead Rising 2 Case West, both for the 360. With all those different versions of Dead Rising 2, you get about global numbers, 3.4 million copies sold. But not one of those games sold over... 72,000 copies. It took all of those games to equal that number. Wow. Interesting. And I think that's that's really interesting because uh uh Dead Rising 3 um I don't I wish I had the numbers in front of me. Didn't like do as well as they had hoped. I could get it and for you just, right now. Yeah, snag that. Um and maybe that was the that and Dragon's Dogma were the catalyst for it because um I mean, there was the the five expansion packs for <clears throat> Dead Rising Three came out, but maybe this, you know, this uh, hit in the wallet just didn't do it for him. I mean, it's a beautiful game, but um, did any of you guys get to play it? Because I oh. I haven't played it, but from what I was able to see, it just kind of fell flat. Well, Dead, you mean Dead Rising Three? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that game was fantastic. I thought it was way better than the other two. Oh, really? Um, it's just a matter of, and this is probably a discussion for another day, so we won't go into it too much. But I mean, not too long ago, selling a million copies is considered a uh, milestone and now if it doesn't sell and we talked about this a few weeks ago a little bit but i don't know i think selling two million or expecting every game to sell two million is a bit of a stretch that they're setting themselves up for failure because even though now gaming is a lot bigger than it used to be at the same time selling that many copies isn't the norm and yeah expecting that from every franchise is just going to lead to a bunch of series getting axed aside from the like four or the three four or five really lucrative ones that they have I, yeah, and then according according to their financial report, their two big sellers this year were were Monster Hunter and Dead Rising. But that was their their only like real big heavy hitters that came out this year, correct? True. Yeah, pretty much. So, what were you gonna say? One. Oh, I I have to amend something. I said seventy thousand. Actually, the game sold seventy one thousand seventy seven hundred and ten thousand North America. As far as Dead Rising three goes, it has sold worldwide one point one million eight hundred of those eight hundred thousand copies coming from North America, two hundred fifty thousand in Europe, and Japan brings in uh let's see, uh sixty thousand copies in Japan. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm that's... surprised that there's sixty thousand sixty thousand Xbox One owners in Japan. <laughs> I was about to say yeah. the same thing. <laughs> that's like but everyone just... who bought the Xbox One bought Dead Rising. But uh Monster Hunter Four, you were asking about that. Japan yeah. alone, uh, Monster Hunter 4, the first one, 3.4 million copies. Monster Hunter wow. 4 Ultimate, 1.5 million. And it hasn't been seen in Europe nor North America yet. Wow. Wow, damn. That's pretty – that's exciting. That's – well, 
Oh, I'm speechless. That's a fuck ton of units pushed out for that one game. So it just looks like they're just gonna Capcom's just gonna become Monster Hunter Incorporated, and they're just gonna put Dead Rising, Mega Man, Power Stone uniforms in Monster Hunter, and that's the way they'll live on forever. <laughs> I would be surprised yeah. if they remember what Power Stone is at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think all Power the Power Stone. Stone people are probably moved out. I'm just gonna make Power Stone me's and use that for <laughs> Wii U. It'll live on that way. Uh, well, we're, um, I'm going to put a link to the uh, investor relations site on um, the show notes so you guys can take a look at it because their their consumer report is full of a bunch of like marketing fluff, or I mean like internal marketing fluff to make all their um, shareholders feel happy. But um, there was a there was a chart that I saw, but I can't find it again that had like a detailed breakdown of everything. So we'll definitely put that in there. Um, uh, next on the list, unless you guys have anything else to say about Capcom. Mega Man Legends 3. Except for Legends 3 still. Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll start that petition. We'll start that petition. Um, A trailer came out uh, last week for an isometric shooter called Hatred um, from a small indie dev. And Juan, I just sent you the trailer and you were able to to eye spy it and take a look. Um, In your words, um, what would you be able to describe it as? Uh... Jack Thompson's vision of every video game has finally come true. <laughs> like if ja- like if he like he must be jerking off so hard at the computer cuz now he 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 has the game. He doesn't have to uh, you know reach for, you know, some underlying theme of a game being super violent. No, these guys says, "You know what, Jack Thompson? Fuck that. We're going to give you the game that you've always wanted to talk shit about." <laughs> and, and, and you know everybody else it's like that one kid who had to fucking open his mouth to the teacher to remind him that there was a quiz scheduled for the day it was like that's that's really good you, interesting like, way to put it you motherfucker like we we we've fighting this argument about sexism you know with all this whole gamergate shit will be for another day we've been trying to put video game on this pedestal and make it you know res- a respectable art form that there's something valid and something beautiful in the storytelling of games like the last of the last of us and the walking dead game. And then this shit, like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, like here's citizen Kane and here's a porno. Like, <laughs> no man. Yeah. That's, oh. that's the best way to describe it. Really. It's, it's, it's pornography for the worst kind. And in case anybody hasn't seen the trailer, I'll put it in the show notes, but, um, it's a isometric shooter where you play a guy that just wants to kill and go out in a in a blaze of glory in the most violent way possible. And here's his little opening monologue. I'll read it real quick. Um, my name is not important. What is important is what I'm going to do. I just fucking hate this world. Already, we're off to a fucking amazing start. This guy looks like he should be listening to Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> <laughs> and the human worms feasting on his carcass. My whole life is just cold, bitter hatred. Oh, that's the title. And I always wanted to die violently. This is the time of vengeance, and no life is worth saving. And I will put in the grave as many as I can. It's time for me to kill, and it's time for me to die. My genocide crusade begins here. It sounds like so, some 13-year-old girl's poetry class assignment. <laughs> it sounds like, a, like, like a live journal post from, like, <laughs> 2004. All, the, all you need at the end of that is, I know nobody will rep- reply to this, but... <laughs> you're, you're, but let's uh, see who my like real that. friends are. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it sounds but, like I one mean, of like... Sasuke's monologues in one of the new Naruto chapters. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, it's just like Juan was saying. It, I don't know. It, I feel like that the only reason that someone would make a game like this is specifically to draw attention to them. It's like what other reason? It's like it feels just so self-aware to the point where he, whoever's making this, knows that it's everything that people have been trying to say games aren't for so long and he's kind of just yeah. giving a middle finger to everyone just saying fuck you this is my game i'm gonna get all the attention and everyone's gonna kind of move into that sphere again talking about how games do nothing but teach violence and then they're just gonna reap the rewards from all the controversy so who knows we'll see how it turns out i mean it's been a pretty negative reaction so far but you know what they say too a lot of times controversial is what brings in a lot of eyes and We'll see how yeah. it that. Hopefully, hopefully it just gets ignored and just falls into the gutter and no one gives a shit. But uh, I I'm, hope so, I'm too. I'm almost worried I, that it's going to get too much press. Yeah, and, and I actually, I, I hope this is like the first and last time we ever have to talk about this game. Because 
I, I know I'm not going to play it. Like, there's nothing to it that I really, I mean, I, this is catered. Like, I can imagine some 14, 13 year olds going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to get this. My parents don't know I'm playing it. You know, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, I'm um, trying to, uh, the, the elusive white whale. And when I was in school was BMX XXX, the <laughs> adult rated BMX race, racing game. Oh, and everybody shit. was trying to get their hands on it. So I could see some, some kid today like, oh man, I got hatred. My parents don't even know. <laughs> Guys. And the the tra- the trailer made me really uncomfortable. I I have a problem with media where like like a woman is getting tortured or like yeah. that's why the movie the, the the movie Descent I could not watch because it was first off claustrophobic as fuck. But then there was all these girls getting like chopped up in a cave with by spooky ghosts, and it made me so uncomfortable. And in this trailer, there's the guy has like this girl by her collar, and she's like, no, please, no, no, please, 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 and he just blows her head off. And so that just that made me really just kind of squirm in my seat. So I don't I don't I don't think this is a game for me. No. Uh, but by the way, just to, change, for that uh, matter. just to kind of change gears a little bit, a BMX XXX, mm-hmm. two hundred thousand units sold in America. <laughs> so there you go. So that does not deserve a sequel. <laughs> no, no, it does not. Uh, all right, well we're we're cr- cruising up on the halfway point, so let's just crush through this last couple of things. Um. The actor that was going to be playing Frank West in the Dead Rising movie has been announced. Who is it? Um, go ahead. No, I was just saying, who is it? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's Rob Riggle. Ooh. Um, you probably won't know that name off the top of your head. He um, yeah, he is kind of like a cameo player. He used to be on. Um, Wait a minute. He used to be. I know that guy. Um, oh. He used to be on The Daily Show. Oh, I knew. Th- yeah, that that's is where a that name perfect choice. Really, you think? I mean, he looks kind of like him, and I'm not really familiar with him as an actor. So, you think you think it's gonna, you know, do well? Uh, I'm looking at it, it says Robert Allen Riggle is an American actor, comedian, and retired United States Marine Corps Reserve officer. He's, Ooh, he's six now. foot. He's he's six wars. foot three, forty four years old. Um, yeah, I think that'll. Do you fit. have his fucking trading card or something? What is uh, this? I'm, uh, Wikipedia, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You got a list of his fears on there too? Um, no, but it does say that he is married to Tiffany Riggle. All right. Well, there you go. well then. <laughs> and um the the movie is um going to be uh written by Tim Carter, who did the Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was an amazing um piece of uh media. Uh I I fucking totally dug it. Um and I know that John, our fearless leader, went to the the premiere and is pretty good friends with some of the guys on there. But it's really interesting to see that it's not coming out in theaters. It's not coming out on Netflix or anything. It's coming out on Crackle, <laughs> Sony's Sony's proprietary online distribution service. So what has inherently always been a Microsoft Xbox kind of, you know, uh, flagship is only ever released on Sony products, which is... Interesting. I, I don't know. I, I think that's that just blew my mind. I mean, the, their most recent release is an Xbox exclusive. So why would you release it on Crackle only? And is Crackle even on the Xbox One as like a, a media device? I don't think so. But I mean, I could. I never pay attention to Crackle anyway, so I have no idea for sure. But I've seen it pop up on the PlayStation, not on Xbox. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. He he looks like him, and apparently he's covered wars, so I think he'll fit perfectly um, in the role. On a, a related note, it's been announced that the Bayonetta anime movie will be coming out for the Ouya. Huh. So I just wanted <laughs> I'm sure to drop all that five Ouya owners tidbit. will be very thrilled about that news. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You know, I, 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 I bet you there's some guy who has like this tiny pennant like Homer Simpson does that just says Ouya on it. And he's sitting by himself <laughs> in the stands waving it very enthusiastically. <laughs> like, yay, us. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I completely skipped over the the Ouya, and that was supposed to be such an amazing. And that's that's another day. We'll have to have yeah. a special of failed products. Um, yeah, I'm sure. He's all right. So one last thing. Next oh. to Ouya too. What was that? <laughs> I said I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's riding the bus playing the end gauge when he can't play with his Ouya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's hilarious. Man. All right, so one last thing before we get into what we have been playing. Um, there was, and my favorite thing about that video game industry is the drama that goes on. It's so mm. funny to, to watch people blow up. There was a developer that worked on a game called Paranautical Activity. 
uh, paranautical activity. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm saying that right. Um, and it's kind of like a voxel-looking shooter. It looks very Minecrafty, and the game went out onto um, Steam's green light, which is you put a game on there, and then if the community votes votes it up to a certain threshold in a certain amount of time, then Steam will let you put it on their store. Um, during this, he was approached by Adult Swim Games that said, hey, we really like this. Um, how about you just uh, release it through us, and we'll put you right on the Steam marketplace right now, and go ahead. And he was like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Apparently, there's this super arbitrary tiny clause in Valve's um, agreement with uh, Greenlight that said, you can't do that. So if, if you put it out there, you can't get approached by somebody to circumvent that. So he was kind of pissed about that, but he didn't like make a stink about it or anything. Just waited for it to, to go through. Well, the day of launch, it comes out. It's not on the front page of um, the Valve store like they said it would. And it was listed under early access, not a finished product, because the game was, was done, said and done. And the guy was really pissed. And apparently he was talking with some people at, at Valve and going back and forth, and they weren't fixing the problem. So, of course, he went to Twitter and did the most sane thing anybody could do and threatened to kill Gabe Newell, oh the God. CEO <laughs> of Valve. And surprise, surprise, Valve pulled his game down and took it off the store. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, when you want to get attention, you just threaten to kill people, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And That's how uh, the McRib pre- comes back every year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill Ron McDonald if you don't give me that McRib. <laughs> but it was, um, um, it, was, it was interesting to see his blow up. We'll have a link to some of his tweets in the, um, um, in the, uh, the show notes. But um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the trailer or anything. What do you think about this? Of course, this was the worst way to go through it. But um, his his point was Valve has such a monopoly on um, digital distribution, especially for the PC. And I I made I was kind of playing devil's advocate on Reddit, and of course Reddit just shit all over me because I had a negative criticism for Valve and Steve and Steam and you know the the glorious Gabe Newell. But my point of view was this is if you're making an indie game. And you want any sort of, you know, reasonable expectation of distribution? You go through Steam, and that's why Greenlight was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it seemed like they had this really arbitrary rule that they felt pissed that this game got attention in Greenlight, and then this is um, this rule's been in there in all of their Greenlight stuff, but it is the first time they've ever actually had to cite it. And when he's like, "Hey, Adult Swim approached me, um, can I take it off of Greenlight?" And they're like, no, you got to wait the arbitrary like month that was left in his green light. And so he, he also lost the, the support of Adult Swim Games, which is up, you know, pretty big. I mean, they, have a, they alone have a huge booth at Comic-Con, and they make some pretty fun shit. Um, and I, I don't know. I, if this is kind of, I'm really torn because he, he did the, the stupidest fucking thing on the planet and threatened to kill somebody on Twitter and got his game pulled. But I also think, that if something like this happens where you don't get the support of the distributor, your game goes to shit. Um, somebody on Reddit said that when Super Meat Boy came out on the Xbox, it wasn't on the front page, That's like true. they said, and there was all this stuff, and the, the devs were freaking the fuck out. And you know, everybody poo-pooed and shit on Microsoft saying, like, oh, you know, you know, you didn't support the little guys and blah blah blah. And then when it happens from Valve and Steam, it's the other way around. And I think that it's unfair to give Valve and Steam kind of this fair, fair pass, you know, this, you know, free pass to do whatever the hell they want and not provide the support uh, to some of these little, de- little devs. What do you guys think? Right. Cause I mean, as an indie developer, you need as much exposure as you can get. So, I mean, I can understand being furious to the idea that your game is almost being held hostage to the point where, hey, this person wants to publicize it when you guys aren't. But you're not going to let it happen because of this agreement. I mean, it's it's tricky because, you know, the agreements are there for a reason. And, you know, once you sign it, you're kind of locked in. But at the same time, if they're not promoting his game and someone else is willing to, he's not. you shouldn't be expected to just kind of sit back and let his game get completely ignored. For a lot of de- uh, developers, that's their bread and butter, too. So it's like taking money out of his pocket because of some arbitrary agreement. So, I mean, I can understand why he's upset. 
threatening someone's life on a public forum is the mm-hmm. absolute dumbest way you can go about it, but I can <laughs> yeah. understand why he's mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, with these indie developers, uh, and we're seeing this as a growing trend. If And this just goes to any indie developer. Get a PR person. Uh-huh. Put you on check. Like athletes, there are some guys who know, like, you get, you just say stupid shit. And it's a generation where anything we tweet and anything that we post will come back to haunt you. Every job in the next five years will do background checks in the form of looking up at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, see what kind of stuff you post, see what kind of stuff you say, anything that could be considered derogatory, sexist. You know, they'll call you on it and they won't hire you. Colleges are starting to do that now. So if you're any developer that was going to put your livelihood on the line with the game that you work your butt off for the, a year, two years or more, you cannot allow yourself to have those moments of weaknesses and just vent online. If you want to vent, call a friend and vent that way. What the best thing would have been to do, email or call someone at Valve, find out what's going on. But... I can't imagine a scenario where he rants and say, I'm going to kill Gabe Newell, and Gabe Newell reads that like, oh, my God. Uh, hey, guys, let's get that game on because someone's going to kill me. Like, no. It's like f- this guy's fucking not all there, and this is not someone that you want to do business with. So I understand that not ha- Valve not meeting up their end of the deal right away. Yeah, that would upset me too. But the minute you threaten someone's life, anything that Valve did or didn't do goes out the window. And, and fortunately, it costs this guy – not only his game being pulled, but, you know, his future with Adult Swim Games and what could have been a very lucrative career. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that was, you know, the you know foot and mouth situation. But there's there was mistakes were made on both sides. Um, but his was the biggest. I, his was the biggest. His was the absolute biggest. And I love it. He pulled a full uh, Phil Fish and what absolutely like like nutcase which i think is fun and uh, that's what i love and that's like one of the things i i when i initially latched on to gamergate was just the pure like just people going fucking ballistic on twitter that was like i was like this is awesome to watch Mm -hmm. i love how going i love how going ballistic and having like a breakdown online is called like phil the phil fish (laughs) like move now it's terrible yeah, he always well, wanted to have some kind of impact in the gaming industry, and that's going to be his biggest impact—not Fez, but his ranting. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, derogatory pejorative, the Phil Fish man. You're going full full fish right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's. Um, is there anything on our news list that you guys want to talk about, or is there anything that that popped up uh, besides the stuff we've talked about that uh, you guys want to get to? Uh, just want to make sure everyone knows that Fatal Frame One through Three are on flash sale right now on the PlayStation Store, so. You've never got a chance to play them or just wanted to revisit them. They're definitely worth checking out again. Uh, is that on the PS4 uh, and everything? Uh, not too? PS4, PS3. Oh, shit. So you're out of luck. Well, I am out of luck. So, speaking of PS4, let's get it on to what we've been playing. Um, I have a very quick, quick story, but my PlayStation Plus account was hacked. That didn't no. take long. And, yeah. And it was, it was really interesting because it was about three in the morning. I think it was the day after I just uploaded um, our podcast from last week and I was playing Destiny, leveling up my Hunter, and all of a sudden it just said, bling, this PSN ID is logged in on a different PlayStation. You've been logged out. And I instantly said out loud, oh, fuck, that can't be goddamn good. (laughs) So I went, I logged back in, went immediately to my settings to change the password, bling, this PSN is logged in somewhere else. You've been logged out. I'm like, oh, shit. I did that a couple times. So I knew somebody was actively trying to get onto it. So I went to the website, changed my password, got everything sorted, um, added a pin, added all this stuff. And I, I went back on to play more Destiny. I was like, all right, well, that's whatever. And I was going through my junk mail folder, and I saw the dreaded thank you for your purchase on the PlayStation Network. And I thought, oh, fuck. What happened? So whoever got into my PSN went and bought the $90 Destiny bundle oh, on my shit. credit card. So um, luckily, you know, uh, I had to stay up to about 5 or 6 in the morning and wait for place, or Sony's uh, chat service to come online. But they refunded it. They saw everything. Um, and it was, it was taken care of. But I cannot stress enough. I, was, I, did, I used a weak, weak, weak-ass password. I normally am super security conscious. 
but I was so excited to play Destiny and set up my PlayStation that the password I used was was terrible. And you know, you know, there was some database where I used that email address and that password somewhere that got hacked, or they just fucking brute forced it. I don't know. But this is a PSA to everybody: change your passwords, set um, an authenticated PIN, uh, do uh, two tier authentication, something. But don't don't let this happen to you. This could happen to you. <laughs> and it was a very it was a very stressful morning. Yeah, I think the moral um, of the story is don't play Destiny. <laughs> I just have to. I have to. <laughs> I need to get those legendaries. Um, so besides that, um, Evil Within came out. I was going to get it, but of course, my credit card was used to buy $90 of a game that I already had. But Josh, you've been playing it. What do you think about it? Um, I've played about halfway through so far. It, I mean, the biggest problem with it for me is it's just not scary. I mean, out of, really? all, the, out of all the advertisements and everything, the only thing that scared me was the fear of the camera just completely zipping around and running into an enemy that I didn't want to hit. <laughs> because, I don't know. Really? It just, it feels like if Resident Evil 4 was a lot slower and with way more, like, just basically an unpolished Resident Evil 4 is what it almost feels like. It has more of a horror um, element to it, whereas Resident Evil 4 was more action, where this is, like, like, one thing that I really like about it is it does focus more on the whole survival aspect of survival horror again, so you're really limited to the amount of items you can carry and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you oftentimes have to fight uh, quite a few enemies and just being able to manage your ammo and carefully aiming your shots. And the biggest mechanic that the game has combat wise is being able to burn enemies' bodies after you um, either knock them down or completely killed them. And if other enemies are standing on that body, when you light them on fire, it'll kill all of them instantly. So, I mean, hmm. so it's kind of like um, in uh, Resident Evil 1 where you had to b- burn the bodies, otherwise the zombies would come back. Right, except in this one, they don't come back. It's more of like a tr- like their bodies become traps, basically, mm. so that once other enemies come near them and you light them on fire at the right time, it'll kill a bunch of enemies that otherwise would have wiped out your ammo trying to get through. But I right. mean, like the biggest thing is that I really feel like the game doesn't know what it wants to be because on one aspect, like I said, it really limits you in terms of what you can carry, so it does bring in that survival horror aspect. But then, like, the last stage that I played, I think there was th- there were two bosses and three, like, hordes, um, horde sections of enemies in just one chapter, and it's like, do you want to be an action game or do you want to be a horror game? It kind of feels like it tries to straddle the line a little bit and doesn't really excel at either one. Yeah, that's that's kind of what the I imagine the consensus is. I've heard that it's it's not scary. It's just stressful because you have a lot of shit that's like chasing you down a hallway. It's not it's not jump scares or anything or atmospheric. So it's very a Resident Evil Four type game. Yeah, except and then to add to that a little bit, I mean it is stressful because things are chasing you like at first, but then after a while it just becomes annoying. And you're like, oh, this shit again. I mean, it kind of just loses <laughs> attention altogether, like really early on. Not to mention that the melee attack is completely useless because, like, I punched a zombie like thirteen times or whatever they are, uh, like thirteen times trying to conserve ammo, and it does absolutely nothing. So it's like I don't know. It just doesn't feel as polished as it could have been. From what I heard, it had a relatively low budget, so in that sense, it's understandable. But you know, when you see that's that's so weird that it it had a low budget because they had a giant giant fucking booth at. Packs and it was absolutely like the line was wrapped around and it was it was absurd. But I don't know a booth a booth at Packs is probably a drop in the bucket. But yeah, so would you say um, if you're a fan of survival horror, it's a pickup, or if you're a fan of Resident Evil, it's a pickup, or is it something to wait till it hits discount? Um, I would say probably to wait. It's definitely not a sixty dollar game, but if you're a fan of survival horror, it's the closest you're going to get to it for a really long time. So it's probably worth at least renting and then deciding from there, but I, d- I wouldn't drop $60 on it right off the bat. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that is definitely good to know. Uh, and as soon as I get my refund from Sony, I was going to pick it up, <laughs> but I'll wait. I'll wait. Uh, Juan, is there anything new that you've been playing or you've just been playing the same old, same old? The same old Smash Brothers, Hyrule Warriors. That's pretty much been my back-to-back right there. Um, trying to get all these unlockables on smash and uh, i'm so goddamn in love with hyrule warriors it's ridiculous like i, I feel yeah. part of me shouldn't love it as much as i do 
Uh, but there's just so much content and so much to do, especially in adventure mode. Like me and my wife have been plugging at that game every single day for the past couple of weeks. Right on, right on. And um, I heard that um, one thing that I did not know about that at all is that you can play. Uh, there's uh, in the story mode. There's villains you can play as. You can play yeah. as some of the bad guys. You can play as uh, Gerahim uh, from a Skyward Sword, the David Bowie effeminate, you know, bodysuit wearing dude with the tongue. Uh, you can play as Ganon, who looks like this beefed up samurai. Uh, let's see. You can play as Wizro, like this one-eyed wizard, which sounds like a oh, very much like innuendo. Um, and you can play as this smoking hot uh, villain. Her name is Sia. Uh, like no joke. She like God bless the people at Team Ninja, and and not Team Ninja, but uh, yeah, Team Ninja. Yeah. And like, and the guys at Dynasty Warriors and all that stuff, because the suit, the costume they put on this woman, you know, they're thinking of cosplayers. Like, what kind of shit can we get away with? What do we want to see at Anime Expo next year or Dragon <laughs> Con? Yeah, put that on, because you know, there's women right now on October 23rd who are working on that costume for next year Comic Con. And an early thank you, like nine months ahead of time. But thank you, thank you, thank you for for that costume, because holy crap. What was the character's name again? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Sia, CIA, and and it's it's funny because her story, she's obsessed with Link and she wants to be with him, but she's jealous of Zelda, so she wants to get everybody else out of the way so she can be with him. And all I can think is, look, if you're Link and you're running through the woods, and you know Zelda's kind of being a prude, she has to have put her royal, you know, duties first before she can have any kind of romantic or you know physical relationship with you. And there's a smoking hot wizard babe who wants to bang. You for, you know, just because you're Link, F it. Triforce of wisdom, Triforce of power, courage, take it all. Just like. <laughs> and that's. You and have that's the Triforce of courage, baby. You have to have the courage to leave her. <laughs> what were you saying, Josh? I said, and that's how Hyrule got destroyed before Wind Waker, how Link just disappeared in that timeline. <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And I, I just plugged her into uh, image search and I have safe search off. And the first thing that came up was a. Very pornographic image of her and Link. So people have already been getting to it. And her costume is, goddamn, that's, you're right. Nintendo or the guys at Team Ninja are like, let's see what cosplayers can do with this. It's kind of like Kojima with Quiet, I guess. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That, yeah. <laughs> well, um, besides getting my PlayStation hacked, I've just been sick. I've been sitting down, not doing much. Um, I got um, Dust and Elysian Tail, which is free on PlayStation Plus. Um, have any of you guys played that? I I just played it for the first time through Plus also, and it's fantastic. I'm upset that I missed out on it for so long. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I just got to the village, so I, I haven't put a whole hell of a lot of time into it. But I'm not sure how I feel about it. I just if I feel like the controls are really um not very definite. That um when you start a combo, uh you have to wait for the the animations to stop. There's no like combo breaks or anything, and I don't know. I'm I'm just not sold on it yet. I'm gonna put a couple more hours into it before I make my final judgment. But um, the animation is adorable, absolutely adorable. The voice acting is adorable. Um, but I don't know. I I'm so far I'm not sold on it, and I feel like I haven't gotten back to it. Like mostly, I've just been in bed playing Smash Brothers. But my PlayStation is right there. I could be playing that, but and I hate playing Smash Brothers in bed because my thumb fucking locks up because it's really shitty controls. So <laughs> that thumbstick. <laughs> uh, no, it's my right thumb. Oh. Like uh, you know, I, I'm trying to do these sick combos, and it just lying down with holding it up. It's it is not a comfortable gaming experience. So, um, all right. Um, no, actually, one thing I want to get into real quick. You said you were playing the uh, uh, Shantae and the Pirates Curse. Oh yeah, I just started it up yesterday, and you know. It's- with WayForward's reputation, I mean, at this point, you would expect it to be great, but it's I can't express how much fun I'm having with the game so far. It's like, I'm about halfway through it. Um, the previous Shantae game, it was, like, it was really platform-focused, of course, since that's what it's supposed to be, but it was pretty straightforward, whereas this one seems to be throwing a lot more variety into the, into the mix and having Shantae do a lot more than just jumping around and hitting people with her hair. Um, and just the way that the power-ups work and everything just feel a lot more expansive than the previous one. So, I mean, I can't really speak on it too much since I've only put in a couple of hours into it. I don't think it's too long of a game, even though there is a lot of secrets to find. 
But I mean, it's just mm-hmm. more excellence from way forward. There's really nothing else to expect at this point, but definitely pick it up if you have an extra $20 lying around, or even if you don't, just uh, head over to the eShop and pick it up, if, especially if you love platformers, because, I mean, it doesn't really get any better than way forward these days. Now, are you playing it on the DS or the Wii U? Uh, 3DS. The Wii U version doesn't come out until early next year, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, it looks it looks adorable. I'll have to give it a try. Um, I've never played any of the Shantae games, but I've the fans of it are rabid and will live and die by that game. So yeah. it's gotta it's gotta have something in it. Back to Capcom. That's another game that they let go. Yeah, yeah. It was, the first one was on the Game Boy Color, wasn't yep. it? Ah, oh, man. I wonder what Capcom's doing. One of the rarest games to own for this system. I always used to oh, really? see it yeah. in Circuit City too, and never picked it up at the time. Oh, you fucked up. You fucked yeah, up. I know. <laughs> I'm used to it. All right. Well, um, unless there's any other games or anything you're looking forward to to be playing this week or next week, anything popping up for you guys? Um, just the Pokemon um, Ruby and Sapphire demo. But yeah. Oh, the, oh, okay. What 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 comes in the demo? Uh, the demo is a variety of missions that you play, whereas you you pick one of the three mid evolution starters and you fight Team Aqua, Team Magma gives you brief introductions on who they are, and then you catch a Glalie, which gets a mega evolution that you can only get through the demo, and then you'll be able to oh. transfer it into your full game later on when it comes out. So it's it's a good thing to snag the demo and play it, even if, you know, in the off chance you might not get uh, the full retail game, just to have that option. Yeah, because as far as they've said, as of now, at least that's the only way you're going to be able to get it, so definitely should consider picking up the demo if you wanted to have all of the mega evolutions, and there's so many now, so... Alright, well... I think it's um I'd be surprised if Nintendo doesn't start doing DLC for um the Pokemon series because they've their uh Mario Kart DLC has been super successful. Obviously Smash Brothers is going to be a, a a fucking money sink for DLC. They would be stupid not to uh start releasing like paid DLC for new characters or maps or whatever. So um I don't know. I, th- I think that would be something to expect from them in the future. Yeah, if anything, hopefully they'll add re- um, downloadable regions. I don't think they'll ever do downloadable Pokemon, but if they were to expand the you know the landscape or the maps, then that's probably something they would do, if anything. Hmm. That's an interesting take. And um, I personally am um, looking forward to uh, Titanfall. They just announced a horde mode, a co-op horde mode for Titanfall. So I'm excited to get back into that. I fired up Origin on my PC uh, the other night. And so the last time I played that game was in April. I got the goddamn season pass and played none of the expansions. So it's going to be fun to get back into that game. Anything for you, Juan, that you're looking forward to next week? Uh, I just need to go pick up Bayonetta 2 um, next week. And I'm kind of torn right now. I, I talked to you guys earlier before the show. I, I'm definitely going to get a, a new system, Xbox One or PS4. Uh, I, I do this to myself every year and I say, I'm not going to buy the new call of duty. I'm not going to buy the new call of duty. It's just a $60 map, map pack, but damn it. Uh, with all the students that I have and they're so excited about it, I get caught up in the hype. So uh, it looks, it, it looks nice really, really cool. They don't know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know myself, like I, I, part of me is like, why even bother? Because I'm going to play that for two weeks and then smash brothers. Wii U is out. And and so I would rather just save the four hundred dollars, buy myself the game, maybe invest in a couple of controllers, and just have people over. And and because I'm the I know if I'm going to be playing online on the weekends, it's not going to be with Call of Duty. It's going to be with Smash Brothers. Yeah, you know, and so, it's that's going to be the big time save yeah, for all of us. And when I'm not playing Smash Brothers, I'm going to be playing Pokemon. There you go. You're a big Pokemon fan too. Huh. I, I, last I, I'm po- recent to the series. Like in the last three, four years, I started with Diamond and Pearl. Those were my first Pokemon games. Really? Yeah. Uh, my last, my last one was Sapphire, uh, and that was I. Th- I still think it was the best one. So, so are you gonna jump? I'm not sure on if the, I'm gonna the remakes. Uh, no, I, I just I didn't like the like the pseudo 3D and everything. So, oh right. I don't know. I'll have to see. Maybe this the, these new ones coming out. I'll give a stab at. You should get it. All right. You should get it. Oh. All right. <laughs> so um, in closing, uh, our listener mission objective of the week is what is your what? How did you word it? One, your proudest gaming achievement. Exactly like that. Proudest gaming achievement. So um, why don't you start one since it was your question of the week? My proudest gaming achievement happened back when I was in eighth grade and Southgate Middle School. 
there was this little mom and pop video game store. They had like Mortal Kombat, the Neo Geo with the four games on it. And of course, one of them was International Superstar Soccer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I played UN Squadron, one of Capcom's best shooter games. And I beat that thing on a quarter. And to this day, of all the games I've played, every system that I've owned, it is by far my single proudest gaming achievement because that game was so hard for me. And to beat that, and every mission, every boss, I escaped with like a ship glowing red. I was one hit away from just dying, and I beat the game. And I got this special ending that had a bunch of unicorns come out, and they spelled out the word thank you. And (laughs) I I felt, you're welcome, Capcom. No, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, that's that's amazing to play any game on one quarter, especially like a a shoot-em-up like that, that you're almost guaranteed to be blown out of the water. Oh yeah. yeah. Those yeah, games yeah. are made to drain I, I, your money. So congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be on my epitaph. <laughs> this man beat UN squadron on one quarter, one quarter, There's one a- quarter, J- just, just Juan quarter. Uh, uh, oh, you said one. <laughs> <laughs> <They> like one. <laughs> uh, Josh, what is your proudest gaming achievement? Um, my proudest gaming achievement was probably when I was playing at a Pokemon tournament. Um, the tournament rules said no legendaries, but the morons at GameStop decided that they had no idea what that meant, so they just made it a free-for-all. So I'm sitting there sweating bullets, worried about losing the thing, because I didn't have any legendaries ready. And I go up against an opponent that has nothing but legendaries. So I go on to play the match, and I end up sweeping the team, and I end up beating him so bad that I get a buy in the next tournament, because there was an odd number of players. And the only problem... And it's like I got so excited that I did the whole John Cena you can't see me motion in front of my face <laughs> like while playing. The only problem though was that my opponent was probably ten years old, and <laughs> like by by the time the whole thing was over, he was like in tears, and his dad did like the slow walk of shame with him out the door as soon as it happened. And I, it's like it was so spontaneous that I felt like shit afterwards. But at the same time, I'm like Pokemon's no game, son. <laughs> You know, in the, this is life. You know, the background JR is like, that son of a bitch has he no heart? Has he no soul? Damn him. Damn him straight uh, to hell. By God, don't do it. He has a family. Damn it. <laughs> and then right after, this this beatdown was brought to you by Skittles. Taste the ring. <laughs> Stacker two. That's hilarious. Um, I, I want a JR commentated Pokemon bat, battle. Bat, 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 fucking fight. Pokemon fight, <laughs> JR commentated. That would be hilarious. Um, I'd have to say, for my proudest gaming achievement, he asked me this question, and normally I can think of something pretty like insightful, but the first thing that popped into my head um, uh, would probably be uh, Rock Band 2 had an expansion pack, the ACDC song pack, and it was all like um, live remixes of, like I think, 12 of their songs. And one of them was uh, Highway to Hell, of course. And it had this uh, pretty like hip uh, guitar solo intro where you know how in rock band they have the actual solo parts where you got a only one instrument's playing. It's a special uh, note highway. And I made it a goal to uh, use two finger fret tapping. So on the rock band guitars, you have the normal frets up top and then you have the special frets at the bottom where you don't have to strum with them. You just have to tap in a solo. So I made it a goal to be able to 100% this opening solo with just tapping two hands on the solo uh, frets. And it took me probably probably a week of playing it, like a couple of hours to get it 100%. And when I did, I felt like a god. And I was it was one of those moments where I was doing it in secret. I wasn't telling anybody or anything. And a few weeks later, I had a rock band party. I had a bunch of friends over all playing rock band. I'm like, hey, guys, hey, guys, watch this. <laughs> and I just was like... It's like ham- two finger hammering, and everybody w- literally was like, "Holy fucking shit, what just happened?" And that that was my proudest gaming moment was playing a fake guitar in front of my friends. <laughs> you melted some faces that night. Melted some faces. Melted some faces. <laughs> so um, that's it for level three of the Geekscape Games podcast. Uh, send in the answers for your mission objective this week. What is your proudest gaming achievement? As always, you can find all of us at geekscape.net. I am Shane O'Hare at Shane O'Hare on Twitter. 
And I'm Josh Jackson at Inu Joshua on Twitter, Instagram, and on all of my game IDs if you want to add me and play Smash Brothers. And I am JC Marquez, and you can find me on Twitter at the King of Mars. And my Nintendo ID is King of Mars, all separated with an underscore. Add me. I draw a lot of uh, stuff. Amazing. No penises. <laughs> I draw everything else but penises, so no requests, please. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, it's been fun as always, so please uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, the normal bullshit. And we will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.